You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. Uh, It is great to have you with us. You've come at a really good time. I love these nights because uh, you can catch up on where we've been for the past three weeks. Past three weeks, we've been in a sermon series called The Divine Wrestle, uh, Praying Your Emotions. And uh, what we've been learning is that uh, the Bible is a third way of processing your emotions. On one hand, the world says, oh, just stuff your emotions. And there are lots of ways you can do that. Uh, Just uh, don't, don't deal with them. Or you can do it the Christian way. And just praise God, whichever way uh, you might praise God. And that's a version of stuffing your emotions. On the other hand, you can be a slave to your emotions and you can be ruled by your emotions. And as we've reflected, often, sadly, we see people uh, leave the church, leave families, leave all sorts of situations because they're a slave. The Bible says in the Psalms that it's a third way. Don't, Don't stuff them, don't... Uh, don't uh, just um, be a slave to them, but um, pray them. And so uh, that's what we've been processing for the past couple of weeks. What I love about the panel nights is that there is a unique privilege that I have as a preacher, and that is you take this uh, fascinating thing called the Word of God and uh, you throw it out into a congregation like seeds into the soil. And, uh, and as God's Word says, uh, it will not come back to me void. And it is a humbling process when you sit in the study and you pray through and you think through and you talk to the team and you set up a sermon series. You're sort of dreaming what might happen in all of that. And God always at the moment seems to be exceeding that. I don't know if you guys are feeling that, but one of my key aims was that this would be a church where we'd shift our culture and come to understand that it's the one place in the world where it's okay not to be okay. And I saw a bit of that a couple of weeks ago. I was chatting to uh, one of the uh, business guys out in the foyer, one of our older members of the congregation in the AM service. And I said, how's your week been? And he said, it's good, which is almost like a McDonald's version of uh, answering the question. It's good. And then he paused for a second. He said, no, nah, nah, Sam, you know what? Um, business is not good. I'm in retail and the figures are tough and I'm scared about looking at the figures this week. And it was in that that I thought, oh, come on, Lord, like things are starting to shift and change. Because I don't know about you guys, many of you work in a corporate context where um, it's easy to put masks on. We're in a church that's in the lower North Shore. It's easy to put a mask up and a mask on. And the last thing that you might want is to be in a place where we continue to just put masks on. Instead, what if church was a place where it was real and genuine and authentic and we were honest with each other and it was different from the rest of the world? And we could come here and, and it would be a place that was attractive to those that were just checking it all out. And like I say, the quality of our community will be the secret to our mission. And, uh, and we're starting to see that emerge in this place. Uh, so um, in all of that has been a verse that I shared this with the team this week. A verse that came to us this week, Psalm 127, which was the psalm after the one that we've been reading through in this series. But it says, unless the Lord builds the house then the labourers labour in vain. And what I've come to learn in this whole process of preaching is that it's about, this morning I said 10% Sam and 90% God. After the panel this morning I said 1.3% Sam and the rest God, whatever that works out to be. Um, Because you'll see hopefully tonight when you hear from your fellow Northsiders that God is doing a mighty work more than just a few snazzy sermons throughout the week. He's moving and changing people's lives just the way that we've heard of Deb's witness and testimony tonight. So are you up for hearing how he's been working? It's cool. All right. If you are, we've got um, Joe Nicholson and Kyle and Alison Rivkin are our panelists tonight. Why don't we give them a round of applause? Come on down. 
Look at these colours. It's very funky. Um, it's very different, very bright. Jodie, you want to sit here? Yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> it's all good. Get to sit with the pastor. Yes. Yay. <laughs> um, guys, um, what uh, sort of thanks for being part of the panel tonight. And you guys can sit close because you're married, so it's all good. <laughs> I didn't know if it was a strong marriage or nerves. Uh, okay, nerves. Okay, okay, both. Uh, well, it's all relaxed here. We're just chatting. It's all good. Um, we're all friends. Um, we were talking about things like tears and fears and doubts. What were some of the things that came to people's minds straight off the bat uh, when we heard in church or in group that we're going to talk through those sorts of things in church? Anything pop up or reflections or insights from the past three weeks that just stood out for you guys? Well, it was going to get very personal very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, that much was clear. And I think our group leader kind of led that in the conversation during the first week about tears is that, you know, this is something that's going to be very, very personal very, very quickly. And um, just recognizing that it's not all okay, uh, you know, <laughs> for everybody. It, it, everybody's kind of going through a different situation. Yeah. Whatever it might be. yeah. Cool. Talk of tears, uh, that was week one. And uh, Ali, we're sort of learning that in the tears, I said uh, that we're learning the gospel according to Joni Mitchell, which I realise from most of our young adults this, this morning have no idea who she is. <laughs> but uh, I was saying the gospel according to Joni Mitchell is that a Christian can look at life from both sides now, from up and down, win and lose, and not come away disillusioned mm. like Joni Mitchell, but we can still have a joy in all of that. And we saw in some... Mm. One uh, uh, in Psalm 126 that was a real psalm of where darkness was not only the theme of the psalm but of all the, quite a few of the psalms, mm. and um, and in other words that life's just this can be just this conjunction of junk. Mm-hmm. I think I said a ruder word at the night service, <laughs> but um, and practically like Kyle, they were saying that we don't McDonald's, we don't just sort of we're not, we don't just say oh we're chipper every time someone asks us a question. So coming out of that, what were people's thoughts and reflections that, uh, that you'd observed in group and in church? Yeah, well, I think um, the first thought I had, and I think we kind of shared it in the group, was that it's very human to stuff it because mm. it is hard to acknowledge those tears um, and the hard times because that means that you have to take the strength from the Lord to face it, and that's really challenging. Mm. Um, and I forgot the second part of the question. That's all right. It was just yeah, it was just the <laughs> reflections around, um, yeah. I guess that um, that challenge of um, I guess being real and raw and honest with people. And mm. uh, this morning, some of the crew has said that what they've had to realise is that uh, their burden may not be as big as the next person's, but it's still important to share that either way. Well, yeah, because you can't compare mm. your tears. There's 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 no basis of comparison, and I think that. Um, you know, the message and the, and the conversation that we had around it was really good because it didn't minimize anybody else's um, hardships because um, you can't compare. What's, what's difficult for you in that time is difficult for you, and, and that's just what it is. And that doesn't, ma- it doesn't mean that Kyle's difficulty or Joe's difficulty is any more or any less. Um, and, and so in that, we could all share and be vulnerable because we've all experienced in so many different levels in our life some sort of pain and tears. Um, and I think that's also what made the message so relevant and so necessary is that 
there are so many different stratifications in life where we do have that pain and we do have those tears. And so it hits on so many different parts of, mm-hmm. of who we are. Because mm-hmm. Psalm 88, which was one of the side psalms out of that, um, was even darker. It ends mm-hmm. with, um, at the end of it, the psalmist says to God, oh, darkness is my closest friend. Mm-hmm. In other mm-hmm. words, Lord, you're not. And I was saying that was the um, daddy, you're a poo-poo principle. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. uh, that, that was li- literally the rawest of emotion yeah. to God saying, you know, I can't stand you. You're not my friend. You're mm-hmm. not my friend anymore. Um, uh, how, what reflections came out of that for you and, and the group in terms of, I, I guess, how it might shape how we approach God mm. yeah, well, in these tricky situations? I think you also said in the sermon how sometimes when we approach God, we kind of treat him like an employer. That's right, um, yeah. Like, like, oh, yes, it's, everything is going fine, and I'm doing my best, but I'll work harder, and like, no worries. Um, and I, I really related to that, so I was like, yeah. <laughs> I do talk to my employer like that, and I do talk to God like that. Um, but I think, oh, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, just the reflections of no, the approach. Yeah. And- I love the idea of being completely raw and honest with God because it's so necessary. And I've always taken courage in the fact that Jesus, who is fully man and fully God, fully God and knowing that he is never forsaken, had the audacity to have a, sp- a, a moment where he thought he was forsaken. And if Jesus, who knows that he knows that he knows that God is always there, mm. can do it, then I can do Like, of course I'm going to feel like that at times, and I can bring that to God. Um, and so and I feel like that was a similar theme in our group that we did You know, say, yes, we need to be raw and honest with God, but we also need, when we're bringing that daddy, you're a poo-poo, um, <laughs> mentality to, to the Lord. We also need to take responsibility for that, um, like to be able to um, speak to the Lord that way, but then also be receptive of, of his answer. We talked a lot about Job um, and how Job had a lot of reason to be really irritated with God and have a lot of words with God, and God took it, and then he said, hold on, <laughs> like, who are you to come to me? Yes, all this has happened, but do you realize who I am? And so while, yes, be raw and honest with God, because that's so necessary and that's so human, also know that when you're coming to him like this, he's the creator of the universe and he can put you in your place <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he has a funny way of working that out, doesn't he? Which was uh, probably take us into that um, week two when we looked at praying our fears. And Joe, in that we were looking through how... Um, how the Bible says to deal with our feelings of anxiety and anxiety being from a biblical perspective, that feeling that we get when the things that we've placed our security in other than God, close bracket, um, begins to be eaten away. And in that we saw Psalm 3, David saying, um, but you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. So um, David in that saying there is God's his shield, but it was a different type of shield. It was a shield that takes him into the danger and into the fears and the things that he's worrying about. So framing that up, um, have you ever experienced this paradox of uh, where God may have used the challenges or the struggles in life to strengthen you or grow you or even protect you in those times of challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Um, There are a couple of things that I wanted to kind of share about that. And I think this week um, in our group when we talked about anxiety, it was an amazing group time. It was just such an incredible time of sharing with each other and being really very honest. And um, I think a lot of people, you know, learnt a lot about it. So I think it was very necessary and it was really good. 
Um, so one thing I'll just like share a little bit <clears throat> about my situation at the moment, um, just in with my job, I manage a school for um, kids or young people who are homeless or um, in the refuge system predominantly are at risk in some way. And um, that it was very, very unpredictable. Um, so every day when I go to work, I really don't know what's going to happen and I don't really know kind of what's coming and what challenge will present itself. And so it started to create in me a lot of anxiety that I hadn't really um, experienced for a long time. And at the end of last year, um, one of my students um, took her own life and that, you know, created a lot of anxiety as well. You know, will that happen again? Um, what, can, what can I do to, like, make sure that this doesn't happen and all those kinds of things? Um, and then it was like a bit of a domino effect. So that kind of anxiety started to creep into all these other aspects of my life and things, I guess, were just, like, started to be unstable, things that were, like, that I thought were stable. Um, and I'd shared that in group a few months ago and kind of spoken about it and just worked out, you know, how it is that I needed to kind of work through that. And I needed to work out what it was that I was afraid of and, and what it was that I was really fearing. And I think that I was fearing that I wouldn't do, like, a good job for the mm -hmm. young people. And so I kind of got to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm really fearing that God did not put me in the right position. And so really what I'm doing is, like, questioning like what, where God put me. And so just trying to like get back to, you know, God kind of having that sovereignty and him being in control of all these situations that I didn't really know how to handle. And so I'd been kind of working through that. Um, and then in the group time, um, that when we were talking about anxiety, Michael McQueen said to me like, how's your anxiety going in it? And it was a really good question because then I was able to articulate what I was thinking and feeling, which I think is what Connect is like so good for that because you can, um, sometimes you don't have the opportunity and people don't ask you those questions. So you can kind of put into focus what you think. Mm -hmm. um, and I just was thinking, you know, I have kind of changed. Like I don't have that anxiety anymore because God's just let me, um, we had a good discussion about kind of caring less someone was sharing um and about that not in a negative way but in a way of like you have to kind of release that control and God really had let me release that control mm -hmm. and um the principle of Matthew 6 um kind of being uh like worry about today and tomorrow will take care of itself because mm -hmm. today has enough worries um and that kind of came to me during that group time and just kind of talking about that and how I'd kind of given up that control and then that meant that what I was worried about kind of wasn't happening because I had more confidence and I felt like I was responding better and I felt like God had kind of control. So it's that paradox. I was thinking it's that paradox of like I wanted control mm. but to get it I kind of had to give it up. Um, <laughs> and then I was, yeah. And it was really affirmed really well the next day because um, I got like the only thing that you can rely on with unpredictability is that something's going to happen that's unpredictable. And um, <laughs> at like 8am, there was a text message from a young person that they, that they wanted to take their own life. Um, and it's like my fear, right? And then so it was like, you know, what to do? And it was like quite a stressful day. Um, and a series of events happened where like things worked out basically and it was due to like a lot of our responses and and what we did um what our team did to kind of make sure that things were okay and at the end of the day which was a stress stressful day which did have an appropriate amount of anxiety 
Um, <laughs> I, I was like, well, I'm glad I didn't know that that was coming yesterday because I would have been really stressed yesterday and I may as well just, just stress today. That's fine. And um, it did take care of itself. God did take care of it. Mm. So that was, yeah, so that was really like a good kind of affirmation of what I'd spoken about the night before and that God had taken me on, you know, yeah. a good kind of journey with that. So, wow. um, so that was good. Yeah. And I did want to share one other thing, yeah. if that's okay. Wait, the floor's yours. <laughs> Go, keep going, Joe. You're on a roll. Um, Are you guys cool with this? Yeah. yeah. All right. See, look at this. We need like a little joe meter that just sort of, you know, <laughs> we'll vote them off at the end of the talk. It's all good. Um, yes. Yeah, so the other thing that I was just thinking about with this is just um, I sit sometimes in situations and like a lot of people are kind of giving you messages that you should be anxious about those that situation. And um, I guess like I you know, didn't expect to be in this situation, um, like early 30s, like not married, not any kids and stuff. And a lot of people, um, a lot of, you know, things in society and um, different people around you kind of make you feel like you should be anxious about that. Like that's mm. a situation that you should worry about. But I really don't worry about it and I'm really not anxious about it um, because a number of years ago I kind of thought about how to like how to work through that if that was a reality that was going to be in my life and just kind of worked out like what the fear is in that and so when you work out what the fear is and like maybe alone and not have purpose or whatever and then when you work out that you will you won't be lonely and you will have purpose and you work through all those things you realize that there's nothing to be afraid of like down that track um and so because I worked that out a number of years ago and feel like fine about that area of my life and whatever happens will happen, um, then I know that in the last few years I've been able to be in situations that I wouldn't have been able to be in if I was married or if I had kids and I know that I've been able to journey with people that I wouldn't have been able to journey with and I had um, an you know, amazing experience of seeing two really good friends come to faith a couple of years ago and I know that, that um, I wouldn't have been in a privileged position to see that happen if I hadn't been in the situation that I was in. And um, I just feel like, yeah, just to say to people, if you do feel anxious about different situations that you feel like you can't control, just work out what the fear is and if that's real um, and if there's, like, lots of other opportunities that are open to you because of where you are. Mm. I just think that that's, like, a bit of a paradox as well, that you just have to be able to see clearly where you are and that God will use, like, those situations that some people find challenging for like amazing things. Yeah, wow. Preach it. So a whole bunch of the whole bunch of the ladies there saying preach it and it's just so cool to so cool to um hear. No, I'm not opposed to narrative's <laughs> dating game, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, what was that? I was just anyway, it's on the pastoral list for follow up during the week, but anyway, more real. I like it. I like it. Um I, look, you, um, you might have answered this for us with that as a case study, but a core question that came out of the whole fears thing was, and I know that that's been my wrestle ultimately in my fears, is really asking the question, do I trust that God is really going to see me through um, this and turn up for me in this? Uh, were there any reflections in group or your experience? You're happy to say I've just answered that, Sam. Or, but, um, yeah, but any thoughts around that, that, that core question? that was at the heart of all of that? Um, I think that it was really important for a lot of people in our group to work out, you know, those situations that are worrying us or concerning us or whatever. Um, What is it that, like, will God look after me? And I think we kind of talked about that quite a bit 
mm. in the group. And I think that God, like God calls you to freedom and he calls you to um, a circumstance that's like, or a, a position that's bigger than your circumstance. So I think when we talked about it, we kind of talked about, um, yeah, like it, knowing that God will place you where you're meant to be. Mm. Yeah, and not yeah. feeling kind of worried about what that will be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I know it's hers. Chip in. No, no, no. Is that okay? No, you, you guys are on the same group, so um, I, I trust your opinion of um, what each other's saying. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, one thing about fears, and this just kind of came to me, which is why I'm jumping in. Um, you, there, there are some very legitimate fears that are real fears, and it's okay to be fearful of. But another thing about fears, and it's one thing Kyle and I say to each other a lot when we're looking at our anxieties, is... Um, in counseling, we were taught you know, the acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. Yeah. Um, and, and so kind of like what you were saying just then about some anxieties you might have about where you're meant to be. Like part of why you don't own that is because that's that's false evidence appearing yeah. like, like that's not true. And so there's no reason to take that on. And so some fears are very legitimate and you should be fearful and you need to work through that. And but there's other fears that are just lies that yeah. we're telling ourselves and we're, we're believing mm-hmm. and um, learning to differentiate that yeah. is a process and hard. And that's why we have our church community and everything. But um, I think that's a good thing to remember. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And off the back of that too, I think what was, wonderful out of that particular week too, is that we'd said as a side note that if someone was going through these tough anxieties, uh, that a 20-minute sermon's not going to fix it, uh, nor maybe will the church fix it. There are trained professionals, counsellors, psychologists that you might need to work that through. And uh, you know, I had the chance to chat to a Northsider who had gone through a panic attack that week. And our ministry to them was to help them find someone to go and process that with. And I think it's so important for us as a church... Um, to not over-spiritualise some of these anxieties and fears and to say that's why there are trained professionals in this arena and, and come to understand how we operate not just as spiritual beings but as physiological beings. That's such an important one. So, um, yeah, great to have your insight on that, Alison. Um, moving on from fears, uh, the last week, doubts. Um, we learnt that uh, doubts, Kyle... Um, I don't know why I've picked you for this, but you're going to be the man. Um, because you're strong in the faith, it's all good. Uh, but uh, we were learning that doubts are, doubts are okay. Not only that, like doubts are necessary. So I said, unless you've... A faith, without doubt, a faith without doubts is like a body without antibodies in it. So if you don't question some of the big questions about Christianity, then it's like you're not immunised for the big questions out there. And um, I think for me, what was so important for us to get across was that it's okay to have doubts, particularly if you're a Christian. It's also okay to have doubts, particularly if you're not a Christian or you're just checking Christianity out, which has been unreal because I've already had to chat to two guys this afternoon that are in that boat and they're with us tonight just checking Christianity out and wondering what it's all about. Um, so I guess, yeah, you've, you've been part of the Connect group with the Andersons and the rest of the crew. What sort of uh, things came about? What discussions arose around having doubts in your faith? Yeah, I I think one of the one of the big discussions that came out is one of our one of the members of our group was talking about how for them they've had friends that they've um that they've had in faith and they've kind of lost their way through mm-hmm. doubts and they're doing quite well and why, you know, and kind of what what's what's the point of going through um and serving God when I have friends that have just kind of got lost along the way, and they seem to be doing fine. So is that the way that I should be going as well? Um, so that was 
uh, I thought, a really great direction that our group took during that time just to kind of wrestle through all of that. Um, you know, but also applying it more so on the grander scale of life of, you know, what am I doing here? Where's my life going? There's another um, member of our group who really has feet here in Australia, has feet in America and all over the place and just not really having clear picture. Like it, it falls into anxiety in some respects, but it also falls into doubt. And what is, what is the Lord calling me to do and what country am I supposed to be in? Um, so it was, it was a very good um, discussion, I think, around just all of the different aspects of what we've been talking about in this series and kind of applying it all into mm-hmm. blending together. So the, the psalmist said in that particular week, starts off with a saying, surely God's good, surely God's great, fantastic, but I almost lost my foothold. So they were describing that they've been right on the precipice of losing their faith altogether. Um, have you ever been on that edge with your faith or have you seen others that have been on that edge and, and what did that look like and how they come through and what was the dynamic there in all of that? Yeah, I, I absolutely have been and I think if we're all honest in here, I think we've all been at that point and um, you know, for me personally, um, I lost my mother at a very, not a very young age, but at the age of 21 and um, when I was growing up, I was very much a part of the church and um, really the faith that I was taught was the McDonald's approach to faith. Everything's great. Um, and when I, when all of this was going on, I was obviously at university and away from my family and not really in a community um, with, or in a community that was strong in Christ. And talking about the foothold and, you know, what you were talking about in that message about kind of focusing on what your foothold is, mm. mine was just in sand really it wasn't anything that was solidified so when you look at what i was going through at that time like god why why has this happened to me the typical things that people go through when they're suffering from loss um when you really look at the root of the issue it's not so much that i was doubting god it was that the foothold that i had was not secure Um, so a lot of, I mean, there's all kinds of other things that can go into that, um, as well. And the journey that I've had in my life. Um, but I think what really sort of changed my direction in my life was just, you know, really focusing on what I held important, uh, and, um, focusing on the fact that, um, you know, my foothold really needed to be in the Lord and I needed to be closer to the Lord at that point, I think yeah. is what that boiled down to. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing, man. And uh, yeah, great insight with it too, because um, what you've reflected was something that also, um, A, was a centerpiece of that message, to, is to say that doubts masquerade themselves as an intellectual issue, but often they arise when something intensely personal comes into your life that causes your heart to question what your mind knows to be true of God. And, yeah, the death of a loved one or um, a tough personal experience comes in and that's what can stir it. It was fascinating too this morning. We're going to have both podcasts up, but um, Len, who answered this question this morning, is a university lecturer. Mm. And so he was saying exactly the same thing, that he's quite an intellectual guy and yet none of his doubts about the faith have been around intellectual issues with the faith. It's been because... 
um, the church has hurt him, um, that someone's let him down, this personal experience. And so it's interesting just to see you reflect the same sort of thing about that footholds. Um, coming back to some of the intellectual stuff, though, uh, you guys are a lively group. Um, and so you've probably got a range of different opinions. Have you had any scenarios in group where uh, people have said stuff that uh, you don't agree with or might have challenged your faith or got a different perspective and it's way out there? And what's that dynamic look like and has it had any impact on your faith? Um, just share a bit of that. Yeah, I, I, I think we've all had you know, various, some good conversation around that. Um, you know, For me personally... Um, there wasn't, it was more spirited conversation around exactly what everybody is going through and kind of their own unique take about their life and what their, their story is. And it's nothing that necessarily made me kind of say, well, I, I guess kind of doubt where I'm heading along as much as it is. I appreciated the fact that we're in an environment and we're in a church where, and we're in a series where we're able to get very personal with each other, um, which is very, very gratifying and kind of to what you were saying just um, before we came up here about how, um, you know, professionally and no matter what kind of line of work you might be in, at times you will kind of get this veil whenever you're talking to somebody where either you want to appear that everything's okay or mm. vice versa. And um, to come in a, into a group where... Um, you're just able to be very, very vulnerable. It's, it's good, and it's good for the culture of, you know, this church. Yeah, that's but cool. I don't, I don't know if you guys have anything that sticks out. And my, my lovely wife had a great comment about doubts that I think she should yeah. share. <laughs> yep, he's dubbed you in. Yeah, you can't remember. <laughs> oh. yeah. Well, when we were talking about doubts, we just all kind of agreed that it is very um, understandable and logical to have doubts about our faith, um, because if you look at it through just a purely rational, logical lens, it is kind of weird, um, to be completely frank, and, and the comment that Kyle's talking about is that um, sometimes I feel like Jesus is just a zombie, if you think about it, he's kind of a zombie, um, and so... Explain that, Allison, so well, we need to have because he, he died and to... came back to life, yeah. <laughs> and that's what zombies do. Yeah. Um, yep. And so, in the rational sense, it it like we all kind of got it in our group of yeah. yeah this is kind of weird that we all believe this. Um, <laughs> but when it got down to it, we also all agreed that we can't fully explain why, but we know it's true. Mm. Like we we just all had that sense of this is this sounds weird when you put on on that lens of the world um, and Jesus being a zombie, but. <laughs> It's true. It's yeah. absolutely true. And he didn't come back to life as a zombie. He came back to life as a living, breathing man um, <laughs> and then ascended into heaven. And it's, it's true. And we all yeah. could agree yeah. on that in the end. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. All right. We don't have to have a come to Jesus talk with Alison during the week. That's all good. Yep. You got the theology right. <laughs> so I guess we're running out of time. Really. This has been, it's been all right. That's cool. Um, we're, we're out of time already, so I guess it's just one final question in terms of, I guess, uh, either what has been one of the key um, insights or most memorable moments over the past three weeks for you guys, either in church or in group. Um, so you might be thinking of something along those lines, or whether there's been anything that's either um, challenged you or affirmed you or surprised you out of this series. Um, putting you all on the spot and answer as however you may, but... 
Any final reflections in terms of Joe? You look like you're already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that it was really affirming for our group, like as a whole, because um, there were like the, all the right people were in the group, you know. There was um, like someone and it was like really on point for her every single time, every week and what we were talking about and it was just so like relevant to what was happening um, in her life and then there are other people, you know, who were like having, you know, similar struggles or different things coming up or there were people who were kind of on the other side of it able to like reflect back and give some wisdom and um, so I think it was just really affirming for the group that the right people are together, brought together by God it is something spiritual, um, a connect group, a Bible study group is something that, that God has, you know, wanted these people to be in the same room at the same time having these mm. conversations um, and it's, you know, what is beautiful about church and what is beautiful about community and Christian community. So I think it was, yeah, a super series for our group and it was just affirming, I think, that it was, it's like the right time and place. That's great, yeah. Go oh. <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> I would say that, you know, these, these connect groups and these relationships are really the heartbeat of the church and it was really encouraging to just see how vulnerable we were able to be that I feel like that is open really beautiful sign of where we are as a church right now. Um, and so to be able to trust each other and to have these conversations was a real blessing. Yeah, that's great. And I, I guess my final bit would just be saying that it was called the divine wrestle for a reason, right? It's not just ending because this three-week period is over. It's something that's going to continually happen. Mm. For me personally, just anxieties and fears and all of that mm. i mean it's gonna you know keep on ticking along but i think what's been the most or, or the greatest thing that has come out of this is that i feel more equipped to um, kind of battle it in a more rational and intelligent way um, so hopefully you guys kind of feel the same where you know there's sort of a framework where we can you know really take these on these things on and and move forward and not be paralyzed by it. That's great. If you guys enjoyed that, it's been good um, hearing that. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, take, yeah, you can take the microphones with you. They're our gift to you. No, no, not really. They're like 500 bucks a piece. Seriously, give them back to the tech desk. Yeah, yeah, give them back. Yeah, give them a round of applause again. Yes, look at him. Look at his little boss face. Um, hey, guys. Um, yeah, I just want to keep affirming that God has just moved in a mighty way in this last season. I might have reflected in Northside News. We've had like four to five decisions for Christ in the last four to five weeks. Um, three in our youth ministry, uh, two in our other ministries. We had someone back up here that we were cheering on the other night. That night that that happened, another couple, Northside, has said, hey, uh, Sam, i just got to let you know uh, our son brought their friend to church and uh, they were listening to the message last week. You might have seen them. And I said, yeah, I saw their face. And well, Anyway, like uh, we were chatting with him on the way back home in the car and he had a whole heap of questions. And just letting you know that yeah, we ended up leading him to Christ when we got home. And so I went, man... Um, I'm almost out of a job. <laughs> um, but hey, church, how cool is it um, when you see um, that we are starting to get Northsiders minister in that way? Uh, we've had incredible stories. That message on tears. Uh, Sunday, on the Sunday morning, we had a, a young lady from the Northside Clinic uh, who had called in and called up and got the phone and got Richard Gray, who was on concierge, for those that know Richard, and said, hey, can I come to your church and can I come hang out? 
And he said, yeah, this is what I look like and I'll stand in the foyer and I'll wait with you. And he did that in the concierge and, and so they met and then they were sitting next to each other, the whole service up the back and we finished the message and she came at the back and she was already crying. And it was a tough message because I'd shared about how my mother had died from alcoholism and I don't share that often in church. It's only the third time that I've done that in eight years of being here. And she's just crying and I said, you're doing all right? And she said, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with alcoholism. And she said, Sam, you, you, you get this, don't you? And I said, too right, I get this. And she said, Jesus gets this, right? And I said, too right, Jesus gets this. And we just prayed together and we just cried together. And, and we just um, prayed over all that she was wrestling through. You know, in the crazy way too, during the week, I was saying to the team, we've got to find a way to make connections like that to Northside Clinic. But then I know it's not appropriate to go put brochures of Northside Church into a place like that. And so I said, Lord, you've got to work that out. And can you believe that that Saturday I went to a wedding, Sam and Blocky's wedding, and uh, I, went to, I went to a wedding and we're sitting down and I got put next to someone at the table, which is always very interesting when you're a pastor at a wedding like that. And, uh, and they were sort of wrestling through some of the questions on the faith. And I asked this guy, what do you do? And he said, oh, yeah, I'm a psychologist at the Northside Clinic. And he said, he said I, I got... I've got a whole bunch of people who, look, you know, I can't push it too much, but they love God and church is a real resource for them. Do you think that you'd be the sort of church it would be okay if people came down? If I, Ah, yes. <laughs> anyway, how faithful is God in all of this? You Like just sharing some of the crazy things that God is doing behind the scenes in this place. The way that people have, have gone out and they've talked to workmates and workmates, they said, I've got to run off to Bible study and, and, uh, and I'm hearing stories. Their workmate says, so what, you know, what, what do you do? You know, talk about Bible and love and all of that. And they said, no, we're going to talk about fears tonight. And suddenly their ears prick up. Uh, all of these small things that are happening here, church, that you've been fireflies and, and people bringing their friends along and hearing more and more about God, it's a, it's a powerful, powerful thing that is happening in this place and we get to witness that happening. So be encouraged. Um, God is at work and it's just a thrill to be a part of all of that. We're going to come now to a time of communion. Uh, if you're trying to catch up on three weeks of all of this theology and tears and fears and doubts, here's the simple summary of it all. If you want to see tears, you see it in the perfect God who has become human in the person of Jesus Christ. If you want to see tears, uh, you see uh, the Son of God, God himself, weeping over his dead friend in a tomb. And weeping at the ugliness of death and of grief. If you want to see fears, you see Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane saying to his disciples, for heaven's sake, will you stay awake? I am sorrowful to the point of death. That's how scared he was. And if you want to see times of doubt, you see a man on the cross, God himself, saying, my dad, my dad, why have you forsaken me? Even in his humanities, Allison said, uh, he wasn't sure whether God was really going to turn up in his life. Um, so if you just want to get the whole, the whole sum total of what Christianity is about, it's about Jesus Christ, tears, fears, doubts. We worship a God who is not up there in the ether and is transcendent and ununderstandable. I don't know if that's a word, but um, he gets you. He gets you in your tears, in your fears, in your doubts. And his church is the one place in the world where it's okay not to be okay. And if you're not okay tonight, come to the table, Christian. Continue to wrestle with him, this divine wrestle. Bring what it is that you have, whether it be tears or fears or doubts, and bring that to him tonight and reflect tangibly. Uh, make the things of your heart true again to what your mind knows to be true about God. Surely he is good. Surely he is sovereign. Surely he's working my life. That's the wrestle that you've got to go through now in this meal. So if you're a follower of Jesus, doesn't matter whether you're visiting for the first time tonight, you're ex-Anglican, Pentecostal, Catholic, whatever. Um, they didn't have that stuff back then.
then. You're just followers of Jesus, and we're still followers of Jesus here at Northside. So if you're a follower of his, come and take his meal and his invitation in communion. If you're not a Christian and you're wondering what it means to be one, people are going to be up and moving around and taking communion. I'm going to be up the back. We'd love to talk with you. I don't miss this opportunity to at least um, question uh, some of the doubts you might have. As, uh, as one of the crew shared this morning, in the panel session, they said they've been, in, they've been talking to a friend about God and now she's starting to doubt her atheism. Uh, recognize your atheism and your unbelief is, is inherited as we Christians and our little bubbled beliefs over here. Um, doubt your atheism, doubt your unbelief. Come and have a talk to us and see what it means to follow Jesus Christ. So uh, let's eat, drink. Tonight too, we're going to have the ministry of anointing. And so we've seen that too in the Psalms, that for all else fails in the intellectual, sometimes you just need an experience of God to move you out of those doubts and those challenges. If you need that tonight, come and receive that from the ministry team and the elders. We'd love to pray over you, put oil on your head as a tangible sign of God's presence in your life. And maybe just maybe his work through the Holy Spirit will help you feel him for the first time, like the sand under your feet when you're drowning in the surf. Um, Come, let's just do ministry together. Let's eat and drink.